Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. Actually, this is our first episode back in 2022. So welcome, everyone. I am so excited to start off a new year with an amazing guest. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Rhodes, and she is the author of Toxic Insecurity, The Path of Relational Spirituality and Our Search for Authentic Love and love letters to my soul. She is also a relationship expert, a licensed psychologist, and she works with a lot of women who are healing from toxic relationships. And she has a lot of experience when it comes to that. So today we're going to talk a lot about relationships, narcissists, (laughs) what that means, what that looks like, karmic relationships, touch on a little bit of twin flames probably. Today's episode is going to be a very interesting one for many people. So please help me welcome Dr. Jennifer Rhodes. And Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do and a little bit about your journey? (laughs) Thank you so much for such a warm welcome. It has been quite the journey over the past, I would say probably in the past 13 years. And I have definitely have healed from many toxic relationships. And I did not know that while I was going through this journey, that the people that I were, or the men that I were meeting was actually facilitating my spiritual journey. So a few years ago, I got very burnt out from my clinical practice, which I think many professional women have been struggling with um, in the past few years. And I took some time off to go write this book and to try to process why I was struggling so much in my relationships. And it it led to a pretty profound awakening experience. And kind of this idea that we we meet people for a reason, and it's usually part of our path, but we've conditioned, especially women, to think of these toxic relationships as something that we've done wrong or something bad happening to us. outside of our control and I think um, we're ready for a paradigm shift now when you when you say we meet people for a reason can you expand upon that just a little bit yes yeah so from a spiritual perspective you know most of us understand if we've been in the spiritual world for some time the idea of a karmic contract that we come to this life with some contracts with people usually in our soul family What we don't really understand sometimes um, until we've reached a certain level of consciousness is that the same soul keeps trying to reach us, but just in different bodies. So my experience was that I I kept meeting, you know, my friends have joked and it's in the book that my dating life was like the United Nations, that they all looked physically very different, but there was something about their soul or there was something about their personality that was very, very similar. And I had to eventually sit there and think through and try and also surrender and listen in meditation. But what was it that I was missing? What was it about these connections? What past life situations were not being cleared? And what was it I was supposed to be doing in this lifetime with regard to learning about what can move forward? Um, My journey and going through that process was incredibly difficult and painful. And then the realization that. In this life, we get to clear so much of that crap out of our soul because we do date and we're not in arranged marriages anymore and we meet more people. Like that's the gift. 
but getting to that place where you're like, oh, okay, there might be a reason why this craziness is happening is obviously a very painful, painful journey. Can you give us an example of how a relationship has helped you to move through a karmic pattern that you've been experiencing? Yeah, so I would say that I probably met my false twin flame, which is a controversial term, 13 years ago. It was the man that I thought I was going to marry. And it was very prototypical. He was a Jewish doctor from New York. And we dated for a couple of years. He then ghosted me after we had a conversation about getting married. His mother was the one that broke with me. Both stories in the book. Now it's comical, but then it wasn't. And going through, going through that process of trying to recover took many, many years. It took many years because looking back on it now that there was such a high level spiritual connection that the purpose of that relationship was to tear down everything. Was to tear down all of my security, all of what I thought I wanted in a relationship and to completely do the start the process of a complete transformation and at that time part of what that process was was I was ignoring the physical needs of my body and so I launched a healing journey and in the beginning was my physical body that needed to be healed later on when that pattern got repeated it was more of kind of reopening the heart so it started that falling apart of that relationship forced me to start going to naturopathic doctors a therapist I'm trying to figure out like how I'm going to feel better after this huge heartbreak um, and then realizing years later that there was a process to that there was like a spiritual process to it that no one had ever explained to me and I think many women understand that you go to the doctor something's wrong, a breakup is usually a trigger, you're not feeling well, and then you're trying to find the information that you need to heal, and people don't understand what's going on, and so it takes time for you to figure it out on your own. So how have you figured, how have you figured it out or overcome these relationships or the, these, these karmic patterns within yourself? How have so you gotten to where you're at? Yeah, so in the beginning part, it was doing a lot of body-based work. Mm-hmm. So prior to this relationship, I had done traditional psychotherapy. Part of it was part of my training, but you know that's usually where people will start, right? Someone says, go to therapy, right? And now it's too popular, go to therapy, you need to talk about it. Therapy didn't work for me, and I didn't understand why. Um, then we had this breakup. Then I needed to go and heal from some physical health conditions huge amount of stress, huge amount of anxiety. I couldn't move my body. And my soul kept telling me to just move, to move my body and start dancing. So one of the outcomes of this relationship was my soul really wanted me to be dancing and didn't understand why early on. So I launched the whole exploration of salsa and bachata and later into tango. And there was so much wisdom with that now because (laughs) Salsa and bachata will help you loosen up your hips, which is related to your emotions. Mm-hmm. But tango will heal your heart. So the whole process started from the feet up. If you think about the shock 
soccer system. And so I was being taken on a journey trying to do fun things, no clue at that time that that's what I was being asked to do. And it wasn't until I met my tango instructor years later who had a Reiki background that things started to click into place and things started to fall into place when I started writing this book. And there will be a follow-up book because it's also been the last two years of integration where I'm able to look back and think, holy cow, I didn't do this without help. Like spirit was helping guiding me, but I, I had no idea that that was happening. That's really interesting. I love the fact that you said that it started from the feet up and that it was through movement. And sometimes we go through things that we don't really even realize that we're going through it and that it's actually, there's a reason behind why Mm -hmm. we're doing the things we're doing. And it's really opening our spirit up, our souls up to other opportunities for healing and growth. Can you, you touched on twin flame. Can you explain to our listeners Mm -hmm. what a twin flame is for those who don't know? Yeah, I wish someone had explained this to me before, because at the end of the book, I think I called mine in. The (laughs) follow-up book will be the hot mess that has transpired after this book. Um, But the idea is the hardest thing ever. The idea of the twin flame is, especially if you're on more of an advanced soul path, that there isn't the other half of your soul is walking around in another body. And so for the full integration of your light and your shadow side, there will need to be a merger. So in some lifetimes, you might meet this person, but you're not contracted to be together because both of you have work to do. I think this term has gotten more popular, you know, right now because I think the world is transitioning and it it would be helpful for people to get triggered as much as the twin flame triggers you in order to be forced to do the healing work needed to purge all of the toxin out of our bodies. So I do think people are meeting their twin flame more and more. We just get stuck on the unicorns and marriage part instead of realizing that this is a conduit for our spiritual ascension process. And so it's a really, really difficult connection to manage. And you will go through periods where you hate this person, periods where you love this person, and you will, they will always be around, but you may not be in contact with them, but you will know when you have met this person and the in my opinion, the real purpose for women in this lifetime to meet their twin flame is to learn to say no and level what it is that they're looking for in a life partner. Because this person usually shows up and they have issues. So would a twin flame necessarily be a romantic relationship? Could it be like a a friendship, a a work relationship, boss? In my opinion, twin flame is usually romantic and highly sexually charged. Because the healing that needs to happen right now would be in the sacral chakra. So Mm -hmm. usually someone has a a history of addictions and then the other one is struggling with their creative energy and emotions. So it's kind of like both people are out of balance in that region of their energy. And so the major would bring balance, which feels really great in that moment. (laughs) But then the learning is, okay, how do you manage the energy on your own? So the two of you come together, 
her, that's great. And now we're being asked to take that feeling and manifest it on our own. So really about the balancing of energy right now. So would it, would that be different than a soulmate? Yes. Soulmate relationship. Yeah. Soulmate relationship will be someone we usually end up in a life partnership with and there'll be lessons that we have to learn, but it's not a roller coaster. The twin flame connection is the most triggering relationship you possibly can have. And in my experience, we'll jump bodies. So if you avoid doing your healing work, that soul that you need to do that healing work with will jump into other bodies and you will be doing that work anyway. How does that work? I mean, how would... So I think what kind of what we struggle with with regard to relationships in general is we are very attached to the physical body. Yes. So we're very attached to this body and when we're on a spiritual path this is part of the learning is that true unconditional love means that you can let people go you let people physically go and you still love them so when the twin flame comes in it's usually when you've gone through heartbreak and you need to open your heart back again and so then you have this really intense connection experience of unconditional love but the learning is that you have to let that physical physical person go usually. There's usually a period of time when you're separated so that you can learn to connect with that on a more spiritual level. So you get to the point where you realize you're never alone and that the two of you are taking care of each other kind of on the level of your higher self, but it may not ever manifest in real life, I guess. So if there's a lot of healing work that needs to be done, you and you're very intuitive, you might get messages or you might get a feeling that the soul has kind of moved bodies because they're trying to help you heal, that they're trying to trigger you so that you begin to do the work that you've been avoiding doing. And I personally have avoided a lot of, like we all do, avoid work. (laughs) Yes. Some of the tough work is not a whole lot of fun. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your experience working at with children in custody issues of sexual abuse and yeah. trauma. And how did that help you grow spiritually as well? So I did not know at the time when I decided to become a psychologist that I was also healing four generations of women in my family. I did not know at that time that I had a grandmother and a grandmother who were in foster care. I did not know about the extensive history of domestic violence on my mother's side of the family. And I did not know which is what I'm currently working on healing right now, the amount of financial PTSD men had done for generations to the women in my family. So the type of work that I I was doing um, at that time was definitely part of the healing journey of kind of healing the intellect and the mind and understanding relationship dynamics from the cognitive perspective. And it's, you just, your soul, 
gets told to go in a direction, then you don't realize two years later, like how important that work was. Me becoming a psychologist was healing my mind and my family, my family history. It was definitely ancestral work that I was doing. So you've done a lot of ancestral work as long as well as working on your own soul. Yes. Mm -hmm. Soul growth. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you decided to write this book, Toxic Insecurity? Yeah, I really, I burnt out. I mean, I've burnt out twice in my career because I've done a lot of trauma work and then didn't have the self-care tools that I now, now have. So it was the beginning of 2019 and weird things kept happening in my New York apartments. Life was becoming really challenging. And my healer was like, spirit is just pushing you to travel. Like you just need to leave the country. Can you figure out how to do it? And I was in the middle, like I was on her table hysterically crying because I didn't know what was going on. I said, I'd probably travel if I go to a less expensive country. And she said, well, don't you dance tango? And I was like, like I'm learning learning tango and she's like how about Argentina and I was like I look into it and immediately there was a writing retreat that popped up in Salta Argentina um, with a woman named Leishman which is a beautiful part of Argentina and it was a private retreat not super expensive and the time worked I had a phone call with her that day and so I booked it and so she told me in the initial phone call, when I said, I feel like I need to write a book. It's going to be about my dating life, but it's a mess of journals. I don't know what to do with it. She told me to just bring the journals. She would help me with it. So I went to her in Argentina with papers flying everywhere, and she organized them for me. And we sat in her home eating sushi and me not knowing enough Spanish. And she said, you have a book, but I think you need to go dance tango in Buenos Aires first. And I felt like I <laughs> fill her out, but I don't want to. She's like, you need to go to Buenos Aires. She's like, leave the book for now, go to Buenos Aires. And then when, it, when you feel like the urge to write again, it will come. Um, and then I met a tango instructor and like things started to kind of unfold. And the book, the first draft of the book was written by the end of 2019. I spent 2019 in Argentina. That's an exciting journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exciting. It was not easy. I was definitely still healing physical symptoms because um, I was purging physically trauma out of my body. But yeah, no, I don't think the book would have gotten written if someone hadn't looked at me messenger and said you you can write a book there's not a problem here you had mentioned self-care tools can you give the listeners some ideas of some of the self-care tools that you use today and some of the things that they could possibly do for self-care as well yes yeah, so definitely i've um, reinstituted the covid threw everyone off right so we're trying to get back on track so now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so now my morning routine is, yeah, COVID. Yeah. My morning routine is wake up, do some meditation, make a cup of tea, 
depending on my mood, I had, I love tea, depending on my mood will like, kind of depend what tea I have. And then I will do Julia the artist's way, writing to pages in my journal, regardless of what's going on that, that morning. And then I will do a little bit of yoga stretching and then kind of plan my day. So I don't check Instagram. I don't check social media or anything like that before I've done this routine. And then I, I do plan my day around my Ayurveda type. I'm a very Pitta Dosha type. So I will do my creative work between 10 and and then do my like phone calls and meetings later in the day when I don't have to be so kind of bright and shiny. And so I just organize my schedule, <laughs> schedule in that way. That's a really good idea. I like that. I, um, I try not to check social media too early in the morning until after I've had my first cup of tea, at least. <laughs> And have sat down and kind of been by myself a little bit and woke up, but waiting until later is probably an even better idea. So what is the number one thing that you have learned through all of your journeys and your relationships and writing the book? We live in a culture where we, as women, we are told that we are too nice and that we love too much. And I think this journey has taught me how damaging being shamed for that is because when you get to a point where you can look at these connections and realize that at least for me most of the times I was supposed to be like a teacher or um that me saying no was actually therapeutic for the other person but I but we try to accommodate and things like that like going through that process and reframing my own behavior instead of feeling ashamed for mm -hmm. it was probably where the healing happened. So most of my exes have gotten, they've gotten love letters, they've gotten whether they deserve, deserved it or not, right? In quotations, deserved it or not. And it's interesting because there, don't remember his name, but there is an African shaman who talks about this topic specifically related to relationships of that it's always been the wisdom and I think it probably stems from the Mary Magdalene lineage the wisdom of even when people hurt us part of our learning is still to love them and to love ourselves and so we do now have a very toxic culture where for, for those of us who are very in the divine feminine and do love a lot we get a lot of shit for not for for what it looks like being too nice to people. And then that is not the problem, which is learning how to use that in a way that works for you. I think once I was able to reframe some of the things and stop listening to my friends, that's when I was able to like learn from the situation and then work on my boundaries and do it from a much more healthy perspective. What would you do differently in a relationship today? You know, it's a really interesting question. I think because I'm so empathic and energetically, I get drawn in, right? So many of us who are highly intuitive and sensitive didn't learn the energy 
skills of kind of being able to disconnect your energy from someone else's energy. I think it would be more about just um, maintaining my own, my own boundaries and listening to my intuition more and listening to my body. So not just like my the intuition in my head, but my body and just trusting in those decisions. And, you know, when you have done this level of purging, the type of men that start showing up are very, very different than when you first start this journey. So the kind of men that I meet in Tango now are the kind of men that, you know, I'm meeting who are, are interested in dating me right now are completely different end of the spectrum where I started. So if you do do the work, your energy changes and the whole vibration changes and then this doesn't become an issue. You start with people who probably don't have much karma in this life and they're just very, they're much more heart-centered. So it almost becomes like a non-issue later in life. Yeah. Yeah. You attract what you put out there as well. So as you grow and your energy, your vibration grows, and so does the, the relationships that you attract. Very yeah. good point. Well, is there anything else that you would like for our listeners to know about your book or about your journey and what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, the book, the, fir- the first half of the book is really, there's some science and spiritual stuff in there so that you can kind of understand you know, what relationships are in general. And then the second half of the book are all the things I have done on my journey that were healing for me. So I think, you know, for me, getting out of the United States was probably one of the big, the big triggers to see things differently. And also really there's different kinds, really different kinds of men in other cultures. So anytime you can travel, which is hard now, but traveling after a massive pickup is always a good idea. And then just trying a whole bunch of different things and see what works for you because there is no right way to heal. I've actually been going through a grieving process myself and there's mm-hmm. no one way to grieve by any, mm-hmm. and you just have to do what's, what's right for you and what feels right and go with that. Yeah, and then it's annoying because it keeps coming back <laughs> 10 years later and something else comes up and you're like, I thought I dealt with that. And then you're like, oh no, okay, now I have to go back and do it. So I think we <laughs> just be nice to ourselves. It's one thing I'm learning too, is just to be nice to ourselves because sometimes I can be the my own worst critic and I can be so harsh mm-hmm. on myself, learning to just yeah. be gentle with myself. But- yeah, and I think I learned a lot of that actually through tango dancing. So there's one activity that I would recommend women who are kind of craving, like they're ready for some kind of connection, but may not want to date. Finding a spiritually oriented dance instructor can be super healing and kind of a next level intervention when you're ready for some kind of contact, but you're not really ready to kind of go out into the dating world yet i don't know if i'm ready for dancing yet either but <laughs> i love watching dancing with the stars <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's amazing it's like 
Yeah, doesn't dance. I mean, all performers, all artists, they bring so much positive energy. I think mm -hmm. they're really important for, you know, our world in general, just from an energetic perspective. But like, when you have a healing from that toxic relationship, or you lost someone that was really important to you, having a really active dance instructor who's also spiritually gifted and his energy is clean, is really, it's just good for our bodies. I know that moving, just even getting up and walking or just moving helps move emotions through your body. And because the more that you stay sitting or stagnant, the more the emotions stay stagnant as well. Mm -hmm. And by getting up and moving, it helps the, the emotions move through your body and out which is where, because you are not your emotions and the more your emotions stay stuck within the body, the more dis-ease comes in. Yeah. And some of us are, are so sensitive that we're picking up emotions collectively or we're picking up emotions in our environment that aren't even ours. And mm -hmm. then we think they are ours. And so the more movements we have, the easier it is to discern what is really ours versus what are we being a nice empath and helping someone else with, um, which is usually an underlying issue with the toxic and uh, toxic relationship. Very true. Well, where can um, the listeners receive or get your book? Where can they find your book? The book is available on Amazon. Um, I would say if you have a Kindle, it's definitely easy to get there. There's a paperback version on Amazon. And then if you don't want to do Amazon, you can get the free chapter off my website, which is www.drjenniferb.com. Or you can buy off my website too, if you're really opposed to Amazon. Very cool. I'll have all of that also in the notes section as well, where to find Jennifer. Well, one question that I ask all of the guests, all of my guests that come on is if you could sit on a park bench with one person, whether it, he or she be dead or alive, who would that be? And what would you talk about if you had an hour to talk with that soul? Yeah, I would be sitting. It's probably going to be like book number three. I would sit with the person that I believe is or started the twin flame journey to talk about what has just happened over the past couple of years and how are we going to get to the next level of our spiritual journey. That would be an interesting conversation and an interesting yes, book to read. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. And then, and then maybe, you know, that maybe like Beyonce, but like, I think right now, we're going to sit back on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> with this person and say what happened in 2020 and what is going on in the world let's process that yeah <laughs> I love it I love it well thank you Jennifer so much for being on today and for sharing your experience with us and I have to say I have thoroughly enjoyed reading your book it has been an eye-opener for me especially when it comes to relationships because I've had several doozy ones before I got married as well. And, uh, <laughs> but the one thing that I, I do know is that through relationships is how we grow and how we get to learn about who we are at soul level and who we are and how we work through karmic patterns. Yeah. So 
I appreciate your your experience and your your passion. Yeah, thank you for having me on and reading the book. And I'm glad that going through the process of um, talking about my relationship pickups and the difficulties that I've had is resonating and helping people because I think we've all, I mean, if we all sat together around a campfire and started really talking about what happened early on, I, I think so many of us have similar stories and mentorship to get through and to get through the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, relationships, like, I mean, that's how we learn who we are and that's how we grow and that's how we uh, get to experience ourselves. So I think it's wonderful. And the fact that you're helping other people navigate the terrain of relationships is, is phenomenal. So, so thank you for helping doing that. It's been, it's obviously, you your, it's obviously your soul's journey. Yeah, yeah, that's in the astrology chapter. The astrologist looked at yes. the chart like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> We're going to experience it all. That's each. I was like, uh, <laughs> I laughed at that chapter actually. I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. At least you got a heads up. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. It was a funny moment. Yeah, at least you got a heads up on what you, you know, getting ready to experience. I liked that. So you weren't, you weren't blindsided completely. <laughs> no, it's probably a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> we all come in with a soul contract on what we're going to experience. And I still believe that there's certain souls that actually incarnate into like the darker parts of, of humanity in order to go through that, yeah. those journeys to become the light mm -hmm. for other people to move yeah. through that, those, those parts as well. And you obviously are one of those lights, especially when it comes to abuse and trauma. So mm -hmm. thank you for being you and shining your light. Thank you. Thank so. you. And I'm glad that you're doing your podcast. It's a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.